Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello listeners and welcome to the Failed Critics podcast. This week is our TV special and we had so much to say about the current state of TV that we've had to split our recording into two parts. It basically went on for far too long to release as a single episode. So, this is part one of our TV special. Tune in again later in the week where we'll be releasing part two of our TV special episode. Welcome to our TV special, our third TV special episode of the Fail Critics podcast. Um, yes, I am Owen Hughes, and no, Steve Norman is not here to host, so it's a completely new lineup with um, my guests today. We've got Matt Latham. Hello, Matt. Well, Hello. Latham. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? I'm okay, thank you. And we've got Coming back to the podcast for the first time in months after he swore the last time was the last time he was going to be on the podcast. We've got James Diamond back. So yeah. Hello, James. Hello. Hey. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in again. Um, kind of appropriate because I don't get to watch films much anymore. And I've been watching loads of TV. So this seemed like uh, an apt moment to make uh, yet another cameo <laughs> on the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. When we're when our viewing figures, our listening figures are low, we bring in James and boost them again. That's it. Just bring back the old guy. Oh yeah, the fans love it. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he chooses a TV special instead of film. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. showing my range. That's what I'm attempting to do. So we've got James here who loves TV, and Latham, you're on the podcast because of your own website. Do you want to give your website and podcast a bit of a plug? Yes, it's called um, The Bottle Episode, and it's just talking about TV. Um, it's mainly season reviews at the moment. There's the odd one or two articles that I'm hoping uh, to expand on eventually. Mm. Um, if you're interested, which I'm assuming you will be, uh, it's www.bottleepisode.co.uk and all the links to Facebook and Twitter on there because they've suddenly blanked on my memory. <laughs> I love You've got a page on your website which lists the TV episodes that are covered with images and it just looks amazing. That's yeah, one or, or the show's covered. The show's yeah. covered, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much every time something new comes on there, I just go on it and thinking, wow, all that content so far. It's brilliant, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And James, while you're here, do you want to plug the podcast you left us for? Uh, yeah, well, for? it's um, well, it's like when a band breaks up and you go off <laughs> to do your own thing and take the idea that you had on your original podcast with you is one of them. Um, yeah, Diamond and Human podcast from the pub available at diamondandhuman.co.uk. That's an and as a word, not an ampersand. And um, <clears throat> with two podcasts on there. The first one, the pitch, which if you're a film fan, you may well be interested in uh, each. <laughs> Fortnite, myself and my good friend Nathan Human uh, pick a genre or a genre or style of film is chosen for us. And we pitch our idea uh, for a brand new film in that area. We choose the, the creative team. We choose the cast uh, and, and we plot it and attempt to make a trailer of some kind as well. Uh, and Let the Music Play On is basically kind of uh, uh, imagine bearded hipsters drinking craft beer with a cross between Desert Island Discs and um, Your Story uh, from Simon Bates' Radio One show. It's kind of that. We just pick some songs which represent moments of our lives or earworms that month, that kind mm. of thing. But it's a, it's a fully licensed music uh, podcast. So you actually get music on there and we're paying for it. We're not these thieves. We don't steal cars. We don't <laughs> download handbags. We're, we're paying for our music. And, and it's, a, it's a nice, fun podcast to listen to. I think so, anyway. And I agree. Yeah, some, some, it's great. A decent number of listeners. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> a decent number. Uh, I'm also going to plug one episode of yours in particular, which is your the pitch episode with histo- historical dramas. Was yes. It? Yes. With your oh. 1066 film. Do you know what? I, I've I've had the feeling of being a kind of Z-list celebrity recently. <laughs> I was in a pub, and some people walked in with Nathan. Okay, so they but they're people I'd never met before, and one of them just came up and shook my hand and said, "I loved your idea for 1066," and I, and then he chatted to me for 10 minutes about this film idea that I'd just stuck on a podcast. I was like, "Wow, that's that's actually pretty cool." Apparently, we've got a small kind of enclave of listeners in Wolverhampton, so we're planning to go to Wolverhampton to record an episode. <laughs> That's oh, wow. kind of how Michael Palin-esque it's got. So, um, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's taken off in a way that I didn't quite expect. But enough about that. I'm, I'm back home today. So but you're back here I'm with back. failed critics. Yeah. yeah. Where it all began. Um, yes. So uh, what normally happens at this point in the podcast is we have a quiz where it's me versus Steve, essentially, with one of us hosting versus the guest. Well, I'm going to flip things around this week. I'm going to host the quiz, and it's going to be you two against each Ooh. other. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Nothing at stake but pride, I'm afraid. I There's no quiz prizes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, being that the fact the podcast is on TV, and to tie into what our news is going to be later on, mm-hmm. which is to do with the primetime Emmy nominations, it's all about Emmy winners. Okay. Oh, of the past. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, first question I'm going to put to James, seeing as he's the uh, the original of the of the two. <laughs> James, yes. first question in the very first Emmy Awards, which was in 1949. Oh, good lord! Yes. Um, how old would you have been then, James? Just... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I think I might I might still have been at school back then, actually. So Bit back at school, Seven, just graduating, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 1949. Which of the following were most popular television show? Okay. Was it A, Pantomime Quiz? (laughs) (laughs) Was it B, Armchair Detective? 
Wow. <laughs> or was it C, Masked Spooner? Can I just ask a question? <laughs> is this the Adult Swim lineup for tomorrow? <laughs> no, Dude, these was... were genuine. I haven't made any of these up. These are genuine. I was, I was all in for Armchair Detective and then Masked Spooner. Uh, <laughs> yes. this, this guy kind of creeps into your house and then just spoons you all night or something yeah. like that. What I love about these three titles as well, there's no the. It's no. not the pantomime <laughs> quiz or the armchair detective. It's just armchair detective, armchair detective. masked spooner. I'm, I'm going to have to go with armchair detective. Armchair detective yeah. is incorrect, oh, I'm no. afraid. It was oh. pantomime quiz. Oh, okay, well, I don't feel bad because that wasn't what I nearly went for. So that's what. Wow. Pantomime. Is that just a quiz about pantomimes or a quiz in the form of a pantomime? Who knows? Well, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Probably sitting there uh, on Dan never... Patterson's to do list. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Latham. Okay. Your question. At the 10th Primetime Emmy Awards, which was in 1958, okay. which of the following won Best Dramatic Series with Continuing Characters? Was it A, Lassie, good old Lassie, was it B, Maverick, or was it C, Gunsmoke? Ooh, okay. Now, I thought Lassie was going to, I thought Lassie was a anthology, but I'm getting mixed up with the littlest hobo. Uh, <laughs> Easy mistake. Yeah, yeah. Which was basically a dog going from one part to it a... did have one continuing character <laughs> well, yeah, the dog itself yeah um but i'm gonna i'm gonna scratch that i'm i'm going to go with gun smoke mainly because of how long it lasted it did go on for a long long time i think it's still the longest running tv yeah. series dramatic fictional tv series yeah well that's your knowledge coming into play now oh. to help you because it is the correct answer score Yes, I'm one gonna, point to Latham. I'm gonna get done here, aren't I? <laughs> Absolutely done. Okay. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna scare myself by how much I'm be able to work some stuff. <laughs> I might scare myself. Yeah. Whereas I just like the sound of my answer. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, not much knowledge was gonna no, help no, you with no, the, no, that's the true. first question. I wouldn't have got that one either. Your second question, though, James, might you might have okay. some knowledge about this because yeah. this is more recent. Okay. This is from the 60th primetime okay. Emmys, right. which was in 2008. Yeah. And I want to know which one won Outstanding Drama Series. Was it A, Lost? Was it B, Mad Men? Or was it C, House? I think, oh, eight. Right, okay. Yeah. So Mad Men, that would have been, I assume, Mad Men's first season. Oh, I can't, I'm trying to remember if it just, if it went, but not, House is one of those that I don't imagine getting a huge amount of Emmys apart. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I don't think it's lost. I really don't think it's lost. And so, do you know what I'm, just trying to think, Mad Men did it? Did it clean up at the beginning? I think. I think it. I. I got a feeling Mad Men started off really well with awards and won a minute's first season. I'm gonna go Mad Men. It's correct. It's a <laughs> point God on the that. board. Thank you. This is going a lot better than these quizzes normally. <laughs> um, you guys can come back again, and we'll just kick <laughs> Paul and uh, Steve off the quiz forever. I think. Um, right. Second question, Nathan. Okay. It is kind of more recent than your last one, but still, it's the 50th Emmy Awards. So 10 years before the 60th one in 1998. 
Okay. I want to know what was the outstanding comedy series. Was it A, Frasier? Was it B, Seinfeld? Or was it C, Third Rock from the Sun? Okay. 2000, uh, 1998. 1998. So it's Frasier. Frasier, Seinfeld, or oh. Third Rock from the Sun. Okay. Now, there was a Wiki Shuffle podcast about the 94th. There was. One. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go a guess because I don't think it was Third Rock. It's going to be either Seinfeld or Frasier. I want to go for Frasier. It's correct. Yeah. <sighs> Two points. Well played, sir. Yeah. So I think that. Dig- I think that cleaned up quite a lot yes year, if i remember probably. it was yeah outstandingly popular tv made for award ceremony i know yeah. i like frazier but it is tv made for middle class intelligent people who vote at award ceremonies let's be fair yes brilliant show, which though. doesn't explain the big bang theory's continued success there but that's a whole <laughs> that's true issue, but yeah it's, it's it's not nominated this year <laughs> no that's oh, good. No, yeah. <laughs> right lay them no james even yeah. I really need this one. Yeah, uh, you do. If you lose this, you've lost. You're out. Um, the 57th Primetime Emmy Awards. Okay. 2005. Yeah. Was that oh, the question? <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, it's the outstanding lead actor in a uh, drama series. Okay. Was it A, Ian McShane on Deadwood? Uh. Was it B... Kiefer Sutherland in 24 or was it C James Spader on Boston Legal oh that's okay oh, no <laughs> that's tough now I know I know Spader has won an Emmy and oh, I, I know he won an Emmy while he was on Boston Legal I'm sure of that Oh no, he started. He won an Emmy. Hang on, I think he's. I'm pretty sure James Spader was special guest star in the season that preceded Boston Legal, and then it's they. I can't remember where Boston Legal spun off from, but I'm pretty sure it spun off from somewhere. And then James Spader played the same character the following year and won an Emmy for that character. I'm pretty certain of that, so I'm going to go James Spader. You're right. Yes, Yes. still in the game. Still in the so game. much joy that just bought me. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, I'm trying to figure out what that what that show was that you, it was David E. Kelly show, wasn't it? I, it was. Yeah, it's in the same universe as Boston Public, but I don't think it had Boston in the title. And yeah, I can't remember. And it was because I it was I started watching Blacklist recently, and I was like, I need to look up everything James Spader's done because I've seen him in things before. I was like, watch that, and I'm and I was like, oh, he won an Emmy, and I'm sure I read all that on Wikipedia there. So that's somehow that knowledge sunk in somewhere and helped me. There you go. Wow. But it's still it's still yours to lose, Latham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is your oh, question now. This is the, oh the title decider. Oh um, okay, so it's still... We're still at the 57th Primetime Emmy Awards. Okay. Right. Still in 2005. Mm-hmm. But who won Outstanding Lead Actress in a drama series? Was it A, Jennifer Garner in Alias? Was it B... Patricia Arquette on Medium, or was it C, Glenn Close on The Shield? That is a tough one, okay. I, I admittedly, you know. I'm, 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 I'm not going to say it's conviction, 
I'm gonna it's gonna be a stab in the dark. But my gut is saying Glenn Close because I think cause I think she had a load of praise for that season. I think she's only in that in it for that season, and I think she, and I think she might she won something for it, and I think it might be an Emmy. I'm not sure, so I'm, I'm going to go for that. It's incorrect. Too all. Too all. It was actually Patricia Arquette for Medium. Wow. Really? Mm, apparently. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Must have been a dry year for actresses then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, oh, what we've got now is a tie break. Oh, tense. It's tense. So, this year is the 67th annual Primetime Emmy Awards. Mm-hmm. But, which television network is showing it? And I want the first one to give me the answer wins. Uh, Fox. It's Fox. Oh, yes. well played, Lake sir. Wins. Yeah. Well played. Oh, I can't argue with that. Yeah, Fox are doing it. I think it was NBC, was it, for years before that's that? That's what I was going to say. I was just about to say NBC, but yeah. That's... Yeah. So I think I'm, so I listened to a podcast with, um, and his name's Tim Goodman from the Hollywood Report, Hollywood Report, I think mm-hmm. it's called. And he was actually does does talking about how NBC used to have it and and having a slight jab at all the comedy about the comedy awards mm. and how NBC comedy suddenly vanished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well there you go. Fox are doing it this year, so mm-hmm. congratulations, Latham. You Yay. won. Which does bring us on to the news, which is the 67th Primetime Emmy nominations. Have we all had a look through the nominations? We sort of... I know we don't really pay too much attention to what award ceremonies say is the best whatever. No, but it it is the TV Oscars, essentially. Well, it is. The fact that anything happens there is news, whether you kind of agree with it or not. It's, you know, the Oscars rarely picks the exact right line up and it's the same with the emmys i suppose but the emmys is i I prefer the emmys to the the golden globes tv segment the emmys does feel a little bit proper um Mm. you know and screen actors guild is like the hipster one yeah screen actors guild that they're the sags of the awards that i really like and tend to award the people that i prefer but the emmys is decent yeah yeah i'm not i'm not that interested in the awards if i'm completely honest i mean i i'd never cover them in detail um on the bottle episode but it's probably uh just to think it's an, an idea of what people think people like yeah so um and it's highlights. a kind of it's a kind of waypoint in the year isn't it? it it's just a reminder of some of the shows that that are out there and it, it's yeah. nice to see them get a bit of recognition and get talked about and there's always and i do i get very get talked about and it's nice i get very patriotic when I see British shows nominated <laughs> alongside American shows as well. Yeah, even <laughs> if it is Downton Abbey. <laughs> even if it's Downton Abbey, to see that there with, you know, Homeland and Mad Men is like, oh, yes, get in. Don't like yeah. the show. Don't enjoy yeah. it. But, oh, yes, get in. Oh, what's that? Wolf Hall nominated for Outstanding Limited Series? Get in. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like, that's it. That's about as uh, emotional as I get about the uh, the Emmys, I'm afraid. But yeah, let's have a look at some of the um, the mm. nominations then. So we've got Outstanding Comedy Series. 
We've got Louis, Modern Family, Parks and Rec, Silicon Valley, Transparent, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and Beep. Have we seen many of those? Any of those? I've seen All most of those? of those. Although, criminally, I've not watched a single episode of Louis yet, despite owning about four different Louis C.K. Mm. Uh, comedy albums. So I kind of I keep meaning to rectify that, and I haven't yet, unfortunately. I've never watched Louis. Um, I think it's a bit... I don't know if it's going to be like uh, Always Sunny or that kind of darkness because I never got into yeah. it. Did you never get Always Sunny? This no, is, I, this I, is confessional time because I'm <laughs> struggling with it. I'll be honest. I watched, I, I watched the first episode and it's, I think it's the same part of me that can never get into the League of Gentlemen in that I'm a, I'm a massive comedy fan, but yeah. if it's Shopping, too dark and too in. black... I know. It's love, too dark and I've, too I've, black. Oh no, I've got no problem with dark and black. I, I um, and in fact, when what I've seen of Louis actually reminds me a little bit of Kirby Enthusiasm, which is yeah, one I can of never get into that shows. either. Oh, L- see, Louis, oh, Louis is essentially Seinfeld mixed with Kirby Enthusiasm. Okay, so it's a little bit more sitcom than Curb, right? Yes, but it's yeah. but it's got the kind of confessional autobiographical feel of Curb as well. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. The, fir- well, the first two seasons of Louis spectacular absolutely brilliant television halfway through the third season i gave up on it it just kind of went on its own ass a bit um and stopped being about how funny it was and was more about stuff that happens to a comedian right okay how life drags and and it's just a bit self-indulgent now and he just started inviting all his mates onto the show and i see yeah, but uh, the first two are just okay. I'll watch fine. the first two. I just want to say, I I hope Parks and Recreation wins that Same. award simply because a, a there's an emotional pull because it's one of my favourite TV shows of the last decade. Yeah, um, and and it's a show that went out on a high. So yeah, it, it's last season it had some absolutely br- it it suffered some losses in its main cast, uh, but it kept going. It had a lot of heart. It's nice to watch a TV show where good things happen to good people in a way. I know that sounds really soppy and stuff, but it's yeah. the opposite of what you were saying about some of these dark... Yeah, the fact that in Parks and Recreation, nothing really bad happens, but it's really funny. It gave us Ron Swanson. I, I think also, <laughs> and, also uh... I think that seventh seven season of Parks and Rec, I think it was more a ca- case of the, the show pretty much saying thank you to everyone yeah. who, who pretty much followed it and is still watching. And yeah. it was... It was just nice. I think it was, it was like, like a big lap. Um, yeah, but, yeah, exactly. But, but without actually, you know, and, and there were a couple of moments where I thought, oh no, what are they doing this season? Oh no, I really like what they've done with this season. And yeah, it, it's got some brilliant, brilliant people on there. And although I may think there is currently a better show on TV there, spoiler for one of my things coming up, <laughs> um, I, I do think, uh, yeah, I, I really, really hope Parks and Recreation gets that because it's, yeah. it's such a wonderful show. But I've I, got a feeling Veep might be um, the winner in that category, though. Veep's... I think it's justified. I've not seen it myself. I keep meaning to try and check it out. But um, part of me is thinking it's going to end up being Modern Family again, just because it's yeah. Modern Family. I, I, and the thing is, you know, yeah. I like Modern Family. Mm-hmm. I just get mm-hmm. really annoyed with the fact that it wins all the awards. <laughs> it's it's, it's I, another I, I did a lot. I did a massive binge watch of it last year. A yeah. friend of mine convinced me to watch it. And I remember watching the pilot of it. On like and coming back from America like five six years ago, mm-hmm. and um, it was it's a really good pilot, mm. and but then I think it goes for like it's got about six different stories. It slowly rotates, and it yeah. seems to not really like 
serialization until they're actually forced to because the kids are growing up yeah and and i i don't like um cameron and mitchell i think they have about five stock stories and yes. they just and they just repeat those five stories. The, the lat the latter seasons of Modern yeah. Family are just caricature stories. You know, they're just yeah. d- getting into typical things it, that a gay couple which th- would get th- into. And it's... you you tend to see that Ty Burrell and um, who plays Phil and I can't remember the actress who played uh, Julie Bowen plays oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Claire. That they te- those storylines tend to be the most grounded and and f- actually for me the funniest. And I don't know yeah. if that's just because I'm a married guy with kids as well. And maybe there's a little bit of that in the show that there's a lot of people you can relate to, and maybe you relate to the storyline that fits mm. your kind of. I, I don't know. There, there's not many single internet podcasters on there, or I, I don't know. Oh, that, that's yeah. hard. Yeah, actually, Latham, I don't know. Are you single? That's a personal yes. question. You are okay. Yeah. Um, oh, James. I know. Goodness yeah. me. What, am I, what hole am I digging here? Too. <laughs> I'm, I'm accusing our guest of being an internet weirdo who doesn't relate to my. What am I doing? I'll shut up now. Yeah. But I'm yeah, trying, trying to find out if my demographic, aren't you? Yeah. So yeah. I can't relate to the whole family section. Yeah. Exactly. It's, That's because like, you just you're unfeeling and you have no idea what real love is. There you go. Yes. That's exactly what's going to walk. <laughs> yes. On that bombshell, let's move on to outstanding drama series and the nominations there. So we've got Better Call Saul, Downton Abbey, Game of Thrones, Homeland, House of Cards, Mad Men, and Orange is the New Black. And what's particularly striking there, two of those shows are Netflix. Yeah, original Netflix originals, yeah. yeah. House um, of Cards, Orange is the New Black. House of Cards will not win that. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I've not watched the third season, but the second season really started to shift in quality. The first one was pretty good, had its issues, and then the second one had some very suspension of disbelief. Yeah, I think, I think I'm that. in a similar place to you here, uh, actually. Yeah. I, I've still not got round to watching the third season, despite it coming going live in, I think, February or something like that. Yeah. I've not um, had the urge. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I keep thinking, oh, I need to watch that. And then I choose other things to watch, which is is quite interesting. I'm yes. working my way through Orange is the New Black third season, which so far I've enjoyed, but I haven't quite enjoyed as much as the the first two seasons and i don't know if it's building up to something and maybe because I, I it's difficult to judge a show without having watched the entire arc of a season to be honest yeah it's That's a bit unfair. i've seen all of season three and i don't really want to i don't want to spoil it for you yes yeah. it, it i would orange is I, I struggled to review it it's it's actually a lot co- more complex show it's mm-hmm. a mass it's mass it's got a lot of stuff going on on it yeah. in it and it's one of these shows that it's like built for streaming and you have to try and watch as much as you yeah. can in a short amount of time just to get a sense of it because there'll be characters that appear for like three minutes yeah. and then they have they, they have like three minutes an episode and that's their whole arc and it's it's mm. very hard to try and encapsulate everything about it and the season itself it's it's very similar to that uh, yeah. I, I really, I, really I'm, I, I can't say any more with that oh, okay you get when you get to the end of it you'll probably you probably realize ah oh, that's what you're trying to hint at uh, okay uh, yeah 
Okay, oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah, I've actually, uh, looking at that now, I've only seen the full season of Game of Thrones out of all of those, to be honest, because I've not got round to the new lot of Mad Men yet. Again, a little bit, because I was just like... I've, watching Mad Men became a bit of a chore for me, uh, and I've stuck with it longer than some of my friends, and I don't think it's bad television. It's just I was like... Oh, I've got to sit down and <laughs> whereas whereas Game of Thrones for for all its faults and it does have faults in a number of areas I couldn't wait to watch it every week and so for that reason alone I kind of want to watch I want that to win uh, it, a fantasy epic is never going to win the Emmy for outstanding drama so I would be stunned if Game of Thrones won this particularly for this season as well which has had a bit of a mixed reaction. Yeah. Um, yes. It had, well, it's had things happen during that season, which a lot of people haven't liked. Uh, mm-hmm. Two particular things, which again, won't go into spoilers and stuff like that. Um, but I do know some long-term fans. I think, in fact, I think um, Brooker is, is someone who told uh, who told me when I spoke to him last that he's not watching Game of Thrones anymore because of something that happened in that season. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> And yeah, I'm something that affects fathers, basically. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I still kind of like it. it mainly because its highs are still incredibly amazing, and that, that it's kind of what I like to watch TV for. Yeah, what the only two shows in there that I've seen the full seasons of are um, Game of Thrones and Better Call Saul, which I thought might flop. I thought it might not. Because people will be expecting Breaking Bad, and it was never going to be Breaking Bad, but it's, I thought it was still really good. I really liked Better Call Saul. It, it improved. I think it improved as it went on. Um, yes. Once so it stopped. Once it stopped trying to be too much of a Breaking Bad Titan, and it just went with its own story about Saul yeah. Goodman. But then... I think it's 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 definitely a lot more intelligent than expected it to be. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of knows it's a prequel. Um, and it doesn't. I don't know if you've noticed this, but any time there's Saul's actually in a life-threatening situation, there's always another character that you don't know involved. So, because yes. so you know he's not, you know he's going to live, but then it's there's always someone else who you're thinking, oh, hang on, <laughs> <laughs> is, is Saul going to see someone going to end up with a dead body next to him or something? So, um, it's 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 stuff like that which which makes you realise that Vince Gilligan still has his intelligence. Oh Brad yeah, and definitely. That, yeah. The part, the part, the intelligent part of Breaking Bad is still there, so he knows what he's doing, and it's more apparent as the season goes on. Um, I don't think it should. I don't think it should win this year. I still think. I think Mad Men's going to win it, and I think it's. I think Mad Men will win that mainly because I, I still like this, the seventh season, or the, the last six episodes mm. did as well, and it, and it ends in a very interesting way which i won't spoil for you mm-hmm. but um i think i think mad, i think mad men's going to go off and go on a high and i think mad men's going to win that one okay so i wouldn't bet against that at all no yeah. me neither yeah <laughs> um homeland i don't know why that's there season yeah four, I, just, like, I gave up watching homeland halfway through the first season i'm stunned that still yeah i gave up yeah. after about three or four episodes <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised years. i lasted the four the fourth second wasn't as bad as i thought it was um, the third was the one that was quite striking. Season four, it started off feeling like a season of twenty-four, which was quite exciting. But then yeah. it went into some really dodgy, um, <laughs> some really dodgy storytelling choices. And yeah. 
I don't know. And this the, the finale was the most blandest, boring thing ever. That's a shame. Yeah. Okay, the next few categories, we probably won't have seen a lot of what's no. in these, but we'll quickly skim through them. So we've got outstanding variety talk shows. There isn't really any surprises there, but it's The Colbert Report, The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, Late Show with David Letterman, and The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. Letterman only... will win because it's his last season, won't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which breaks up the Daily Show Colbert Report duopoly, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would well, have liked know, to have seen John Stewart's... Oliver. I John... would have liked to have seen John Oliver get nominated, but he'll he'll get nominated next year and possibly win it. So he's fantastic, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, the way he's just adapted yeah. to that show. Yeah, again, it, it get nice and patriotic about a Brit doing brilliantly over there, yeah. especially considering he basically had to move to America because he couldn't. Because there's no political TV on over here, basically. Exactly. He made appearances on Mock the Week way back yeah. when and was completely out of place because yeah. he's not that cutthroat comedian. No. no. Um, he's a, he's a, a very intelligent guy, though. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, I'd want him to win, but it'd clearly be Letterman. Let's be exactly. So, Outstanding Variety Sketch Series. I haven't seen any of these, no. but I know a couple I'd of quite like Portlandia. Um, that the uh, the hipster that the well the it's on Netflix, fun isn't it, over here? it is on Netflix. It pokes fun of the most hipster town in America, hipster city in America, Portland. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's it's kind of poking fun. I like to think of it as poking fun at American Guardian readers. Uh, I, I look at that and go, yeah. That's... <laughs> and it's um and it's got uh Carrie Burns uh Carrie Brownstein from uh Sleater Kinney, the band Sleater Kinney in acting, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, but I I I've seen a few sketches of inside Amy Schumer, including I was a brief to one. bring this up. Yeah. Uh, which I think is brilliant. The one the one that I've seen most recently is uh, Julie, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus's Last Fuckable Day, um, <laughs> where her Patricia Arquette and Tina Fey are out having a picnic because it's the last day that she is... Um, and, and, and I'm quoting here, I'm not being gratuitous, it's the last day that TV will see her as being fuckable, um, which is just a great... It's a really nice sketch on the way that... Uh, TV and film treats men and women differently. It's a it's a kind of obvious point and a, a point mm. that's been done time and time again, but it was done in quite a nice way. And I've not really seen much of Amy Schumer, and I'm interested to see. Well, she exposed quite a lot recently of herself. Oh, did she? Yeah. I missed. That. I must admit. Oh, the Star Wars. The Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I I thought was a bit fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah. and and again, just raised a really interesting point about American copyright and parody and the fact that exactly. And if you're making fun of, the, I love that you can't sue for break people taking a copyright if you're making fun of it. It's kind of like a double insult. Yeah. Um. Okay. What about outstanding limited series? So I've got a feeling that Latham, you may have seen one or two of these. We've got American Crime. I've not seen any of them actually. Oh, okay. Seen any. <laughs> right. <Just> move on. <laughs> okay. I, I was not... going to say this is the category Wolf Hall has been. Should nominated. we cheer on Wolf Hall then? Woo! British, yeah. Yeah, I didn't yeah. make it through the whole series. Admittedly. You watch some of it. So it kind of wins. Does by it have wolves in it? <laughs> it it doesn't have wolves, I'm afraid. Does it have any any people from the Wolverhampton Wanderers football team in it? Um, yeah, does Zachary Sacco was in for a bit. Steve yeah. Bull in it, basically. Yeah. Um, outstanding television movie. Well, the point you need to make here is the fact that Grace of Monaco's got a nomination for award, which is absolutely. 
it's it's a travesty and if uh yeah what the hell is going on there a good old poirot gets a nomination yeah yeah, so again let's cheer on poirot there Yeah. yeah and we've got outstanding reality competition I used to watch Project Runway and I used to think it was uh, a half decent waste of my time. So I'm going to cheer on Project Runway with Tim Gunn. Make it work. Project, is Project <laughs> Runway the same as the one where the they got the people to make the costumes? Or yeah, that... that's it. it. I quite liked it. And this, yeah I, don't, I, yeah, I used to watch reality TV a bit. I don't watch it anymore because I've just not got time. And, yeah. hmm. um, but if I did watch a reality TV show, I wanted it to be about people with an actual skill. Yeah. And at least the people in Project Runway had an actual skill. There was obviously loads of drama uh, <laughs> and and stuff like that. Um, but it had it had actual actual skill, and it had um, Tim Gunn, who is a genuinely fun, charismatic guy. I think I could go out for a drink with Tim Gunn quite happily. <laughs> I think the English version, because I watched, oh, I never oh watched God, the yeah, the English <laughs> one had Kelly Osbourne as host. I think, and didn't it have some Debenhams guy. As one of the oh yeah. Or it was no, I, I yeah, because yeah, you go from Heidi Klum in America to uh, Kelly Osbourne. Yeah, there's a bit of a difference, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, but the voice is in there as well, which is a format that works very well in Britain. Not that I watch it, but it's also a very yeah populist. I'm surprised the Amazing Race has never made it over to the UK because that is a huge. Unless it has, uh, maybe Latham can correct me if I'm wrong and I missed I it. Don't, I... I don't know, actually. It's a huge Reality American is... like institution, isn't it? The yeah. Amazing Race, because because I the only time I ever hear of the Amazing Race is when like other programs reference it, usually comedy series, and you know it's one of those programs which has entered the public consciousness. And I'm just surprised we've never really had it over here. Yeah, I've, I've not... bought it obviously or something. Mm, probably. <laughs> okay. Not... Sorry. Yes, we'll move on to um, performances that have been nominated. Again, we won't go through all of these because there's fucking yeah. tons of them. Yeah. We've got writing, directing, supporting just performances. Just do the actors. We will just do yeah. the main, yeah. main yeah. ones. So we've got extending lead actor in a comedy series, uh, Anthony Anderson for Blackish. Never seen it, never even heard of it. Uh, Don Cheadle for House of Lies. Louis C.K. for Louis. Will Forte for Last Man on Earth. Oh, Matt LeBlanc for episodes. William H. Macy for Shameless. Is the episode still going? God. Yeah. yeah. I only ever watched the first season of that because it was on BBC. I, I didn't. Re- I thought it was a one-off. I, th- I think now I think it's on its fifth season now. Oh, yeah. my good Lord. But yeah. also in this category is Jeffrey Tambor for Transparent. Yes. Who, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he's already won an award for his performance in this show. I've, I've not seen it. I've not seen it. I've heard good things. I've especially mm. heard things about him as well the other i'm not familiar but i've not watched majority of these i think i saw episode like the first few episodes of mm. episodes yeah um i remember seeing the pilot of house of lies and i got into like the fifth or sixth episode of last man on earth and that's got to be i've never known a tv series take a massive downturn in quality from its first two episodes to its sixth Oh, really? Wow. No, yeah, the first two, I think it's when it's Will Forte on his own. Then he bumps into um, Kirsten Shaw. Um, right. That's just kind of very eccentric, strange woman. woman um, well, he thinks he can finally get laid. <laughs> but then she's like, no, no, we must get married and everything, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it, and then the, the majority of the first episode is him on his own, um, putting barley balls to fish tanks and basically yeah. 
going around the country, stealing all these famous artworks, putting them up in this massive house and throwing darts at them and like going in, mm. taking the constitution, throwing darts at it. And, and then it start, it's then it just starts bringing in other characters that have survived. So he's, and it's, and Will Forte's character becomes a massive dick. <laughs> he's the most unlikable. He's, there's 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 comedies with unlikable characters, and then there's mm. just yeah. there's just yeah. people that you cannot watch. Yeah, um, and I'm not talking David Brent or Michael Scott. You'd like to see them fail. These he's just a horrible human being. Yeah, who's not even entertaining enough. He's not entertaining to watch, and it's considering the first two episodes were strong. They were very funny. The down the way they spin they change that character in the space of about. 60 minutes worth of material is unbelievably it's ridiculous oh, that's wow. a shame because it's due to start showing on TV in the UK soon isn't it, is it on Dave I think it's coming I think to so, it. oh yeah. is it oh, okay yeah it's but, it's, 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 a, it's a shame it's the, watch the first two then just ignore the rest of it okay we will do <laughs> well those I don't really know anyone there uh, well no I know loads of them I've just not really seen the shows that they're in to, so I, I'm going to plump mm. for Jeffrey Tambor just because I love him. So yeah. I, th- I think that's going to be the massive Jeffrey Tambor's going to do it because I've just yeah. not I've heard nothing but praise. Mm. And considering yeah. it's still in its first seat, I yeah. think I think it's a state of the comedy in America at the moment when a lot of, a few of these are in their first season. I mean, Blackish, mm. Transparent, Last Man on Earth, yeah. well into their mm. over half the categories yeah. still in their first season. So it's, I think they're still trying to find stuff. I, I'd be very surprised if William H. Macy, I've not heard any good things about him mm. in, as, in Shameless. Um, mm. House of Frank Lies. Gallagher. It's just yeah, weird. It's Frank, it's Frank. Yeah. It's an American Frank Gallagher. House of Lies is one of those shows. I, I remember seeing the pilot years ago and it's just fallen off my radar and you don't really hear much of it mm. um, as a only when Kirsten Bell's mentioned. Mm. Um, she's in it as well. And, Episodes is going on, but that's so low key. I mean, I'm, I mean, I think James said he wasn't, he didn't even know it was going on. And yeah. Blackish is too new, even though I think it's classed as a breakout hit in America. I think there's there's been quite a lot of positive um, feedback okay. on Blackish, but I don't know if that's enough to win it. Mm. So I'm, I'm going to go with Tambor. Okay, right. Outstanding lead actress in a comedy series. Um, I think this is the mo- I, to me this is the most hard fought category in oh, the whole thing. Yeah. I, just, yeah, just take aside the shows that they're in. Just look at the talent you've got here. Mm-hmm. So you got Edie Falco from Nurse Jackie, um, which I've never seen. Loved Edie Falco in The Sopranos. My wife watched a huge number of Nurse Jackies. Then you got Lisa Kudrow in The Comeback, and season two of The Comeback was. Absolutely glorious. Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? Uh, just wonderful, wonderful television. She's fantastic in that. And normally it's, I'd be like, Lisa Kudrow, obviously. It's, it's that, mo- there's that moment in like the final episode where you, you're kind of disorientated and have yeah. to try and figure out what's yes. going on. Yeah. And it's and then it's... It, it's That oh. was brilliant television. You just full stop. That was particularly the, the, the finale. But, you know, she's fantastic. And again, really weird that season one was about eight years ago or something like that. And they just picked yeah. up and... Just hit the ground running. Then you got Julia Louis Dreyfus in Veep, um, amazing. Amy Poehler in Parks and Recreation. Um, Finally, 
Yeah, yeah, finally. Yeah, exactly. Um, Amy Schumer in Inside Amy Schumer, we kind of mentioned her a bit. And Lily Tomlin in Grace and Frankie. And I've only seen the first episode of that. And then I was like, I've got a load of stuff I need to finish. I'll come back to Grace and Frankie. But I love Lily Tomlin, just full stop as an actress. And wow, what, what a, just a group of people. I'm, I'm kind of hoping Amy Poehler gets it for the same emotional parks and recreation thing. Yeah. And also she clearly do a fantastic speech as well. And that's, that's the <laughs> thing. Um, but again, but, I'm here, you know, it's the same with Veep and its nomination. I've heard lots of um, positive talk about uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. She's fantastic. In Veep. She's yeah. genuine. Again, I, I find I'd almost be happy whoever wins that. That's the yeah. one where I, that's the one category where I go, do you know what, whoever wins that probably deserves it, to be honest. I think if... Cause I, I, part of me, I, this might be wishful thinking, I still think Parks and Recreation might get a nod at something, at least one thing. Yeah. And as much as I probably prefer it to win the best comedy series, yeah. I think that Amy Poehler's probably got a better chance of winning this yeah. one than perhaps the show winning. Yes, mm. I think you're right there as well. Yeah. Okay. So we'll quickly zip through these last yeah. two that we'll talk about. We've got outstanding lead actor in the drama series, Carl Chandler in Bloodline, Jeff Daniels in the newsroom, John Hamm in Mad Men, Bob Odenkirk in Better Call Saul, Liv Schreiber in Ray Donovan, and Kevin Spacey in House of Cards. I'm kind of limited by what I've seen. I only saw one episode of the newsroom with Jeff Daniels, but I do love Jeff Daniels. Mm. Bob Odenkirk, we've talked about, I really do like his performance in Better Call Saul. I think he's picked up that character of Jimmy and brought it into a... You know, he became the lead character of a show that was, from a supporting character, was a bit iffy whether it would make it, but I think it's partly to do with the writing of the show, but mostly to do with his performance of why that's been such yeah. a success. The um, I've seen I've seen four of the... I've seen all of Better Call Saul, I've seen all of Mad Men, all of the newsroom, and the two of House of Cards. Uh, I've not seen any... I'm not even sure what Ray Donovan's about, if I'm honest. So I've, he's, a, I've... he's a mafia kind of enforcer or something, isn't he? I've okay. not watched yeah. it. Is he a cop yeah. or an ex-cop or is he an insider or something I th- like that? I think, he's, I think he's on the other side of the yeah. tracks. I've not I've... watched... Sorry, and I've not watched Bloodline yet, but um, I'll, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch that because I because Carl Chandler's earned my forever... Respect because um, Friday Night Lights is my favourite show. <laughs> See, I, my favourite shows of all I'm time. I'm currently watching Friday Night Lights at the minute. I'm, th- I mean, I'm halfway through season two, and I'm like, I can't watch Bloodline because he's Coach Taylor. So I, I've got to get <laughs> yeah. to the end, and then I, I'll watch yeah. Bloodline. <laughs> I've just watched the first episode of Friday Night Lights. That was after reading the um, article on the bottle episode, actually. And I thought, was it the article or did you talk about it on the podcast? I can't remember. It was the bottle episode anyway that put me onto it. And I was like, I think it might be. I think it might be me tweeting to to Jack Stevens from. Oh, possibly, yeah. Because I've I've not. I've only just. I've only written one article for Friday Night Lights in the bottle episode, and it's not out yet. But um, yeah, Carl Chandler's um, my forever. I'll I'll watch him read the phone book (laughs) because he's. I think he's one of the best things. Out of a million good things about Friday Night Lights, and yeah. I've not watched him Bloodline yet, so I can't comment on whether he deserves to win it. I think he's already, I think he won it for Friday Night Lights, so I'm happy with that. In my pick, and it's got to be John Hansie, because I think it, he's, it's, he's kept losing to Brian Cranston, <laughs> I think, in previous years, and I think this is the year that because Brian Cranston's not nominated, this has yeah. got to be John Ham. John Hamm's got to win it. I th- I th- yeah, I think you're right there. I, I personally, uh, as this is the newsroom's only chance of a 
gong I, I, I want Jeff Daniels to win because I love the newsroom um, I, I, and I love I, Jeff Daniels in the newsroom he's the best thing in it um, the newsroom is full of issues but I think he's, I think Jeff Daniels is one of those actors where if an actor teams up with a certain writer then um, that actor can get the best out of yeah. what might be dodgy writing I think Jeff Daniels and Aaron Sorkin mm. is He's like he's a match made in heaven. I'd love to see yeah. Jeff Daniels in a, an Aaron Sorkin movie because then Aaron yes. Sorkin, because Aaron Sorkin struggles with TV. He struggles with anything longer than two hours, I think. And I'd love to see Jeff Daniels work with Aaron Sorkin in a film or a link or a play even mm. that he's written. So but yeah, like, it's going to be John Hamm, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and finally, just outstanding lead actress in the drama series, Claire Danes in <laughs> Homeland. <laughs> For some reason. Uh, Viola Davis for How to Get Away with Murder. I'm going to pronounce this wrong. So Taraji P. Henson for Empire, which I've not heard anybody say anything good about, mm, but yeah. there you go. It's been a massive hit, and it's written by Danny Strong. It's a bit... It's a car written by Danny Strong, who was Jonathan from Buffy. He's like... Uh, <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, carry on, sorry. And we've got Tatiana um, Maslany for Orphan Black. Elizabeth Moss for Mad Men and Robin Wright for House of Cards. I can't really comment on any of those. Do you know what? I I hope Elizabeth Moss wins it because I think Peggy Olsen's been a fantastic... Peggy Olsen is one of the characters, even when uh, Don Draper was going down a rabbit hole and doing stupid things and then boring things and things like that in Mad Men. Uh, I've I've really enjoyed Elizabeth Moss in Peggy Olsen. Plus, she's West Wing alumni, which means I love her forever anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope she wins. And I, I've not seen the most recent season of House of Cards, so I can't really comment on Robin Wright and Claire Danes. Yeah, whatever. And the other three I've not seen, so which actually isn't isn't doesn't that make me massively racist? Because yeah, I. I <laughs> I don't know. Yes, massive racist. Yeah. Yes, that is your reputation. I, just, from... I just, yeah. yeah. Elizabeth, I, I have said millions and millions of times that Elizabeth Moss is pretty much. There are times when John Hamm's been outacted, or um, Peggy has been the better character at the out of, between her and John Hamm. I think she's like the second. She's probably one of the most about the MVP of Mad Men, mm. and I think I think that she'll win this. This year, oh, my personal gut feeling: I want Tatiana Maslany to win it, mainly because I absolutely love Orphan Black. The third season's a bit goes a bit iffy in places, but uh, and I think the Emmys were a bit slow to catch on. But Tatiana Maslany in Orphan Black is probably one of the best, well, because of the premise as well. It's just it she's she's asked to do so much in that show. And it's an amazing, it's amazing performance mm. that she does. She's a chameleon, and it's very because she's playing clones, so it's her playing mm. several different characters, and you forget it's the same actress. That's how good she is, and it's it's amazing that she's finally been recognised. I don't think she'll win it because I think Elizabeth Moss <laughs> what needs the win, I think. And I, but I hope that she's a nominated Tatiana Maslany is nominated again and wins it next year, and then just wins it for as long as Hawthorne Black's on the air. So, in this part of the podcast, we've got a few questions that we've put together to ask our, our guests. Um, first question I'm going to put to you both is, uh, 
what has been the best continuing show of 2015. So what we mean is it could be a show that started before 2015, but is still going on now. Um, Latham, why don't you start us off with your pick? I have two, but I'll, um, I'll the one I'll choose is the Americans. The Americans, um, okay. Yes. Um, are you familiar with familiar with the Americans? Or? I know, I know of it cause, mainly because I know the guy, and it's the Welsh fella, isn't it, who was in Brothers yes. and Sisters? Yes, um, yes. Yeah. And, but, uh, I, I know it's about kind of a Soviet spy cell or something like that. Yeah, it's the most it's the most morally twisted show <laughs> you can watch. It's it's um I think I remember reading a review which likens it likens it to Buffy the Vampire Slayer in which um Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a show about growing up with the backdrop of fighting demons mm. and the Americans is a show about marriage with the backdrop of being Soviet Russian spies aiming to take over the US soil. Right. Um it's it's probably the most grazed moral area TV um, that I can think of in years, and it makes it makes Breaking Bad bad, but just normal black and white. Um, the The main characters are historically the enemy of US fiction for like throughout the eighties and nineties. Um, yeah, and they are they're asked to do really really dodgy really questionable stuff especially in the third season um there's there's a an ongoing thread of which of like which of morally of morally degrading stuff that might happen um and then you've got the usual gunko american cia agents who are portrayed as patriotic but sometimes a bit of a bit of a dick <laughs> like they, they they live next live the next door neighbor is a CIA agent because drama um and but then and he's not incompetent or he's not incompetent so that you're that you can't buy that he's detected his neighbors as spies but um he's got his own like marriage troubles and his own marriage troubles and then you've got then you've got a whole running thread which a, a good third of the episode would Follow a good quarter of each episode follows the um, oh, I can't remember what the name of it is. I think it's like the Russian embassy, um, I think like the local Russian embassy near the Washington or what. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty much all in Russian, subtitled in Russian, um, with very little crossover with the main two characters. Um, and it follows this like young analyst who ends up having to who ends up becoming double like like a double agent against the CIA agents, and um, again, the lines of who are the good guys and who are the bad guys are so grey, you do forget who you're supposed to be rooting for. Um, and sometimes when you're rooting for Matthew Reese and Kerry Russell's characters, they are doing stuff that you'd see in like 80s spy films that the Russian characters would do that you're, that you're supposed to like boo and <laughs> see as villainous. And, the th- and it's... And the the fact that it's been um, completely ignored in the Emmys is a bit of a piss take, to be honest. But mm. it's it's still just absolutely gripping. Um, Kerry Russell is amazing in it. Um, definitely should been should have been in that lead actress category as well. And if you like your spy dramas, you'll definitely like this. I I'll be perfectly honest. I've never heard of it. 
And I don't know, don't know how, because it sounds like it's... I've just had to look at the Wikipedia page. It looks like it's pretty massive, and it's on Fox, and it's, you know... I've never never heard of it. It's it's an FX show, and I think FX shows are critically being praised at the moment. It's mm. uh, it's like um, I think it, I don't know if it's on the same night as Archer. I think oh, okay. I, I don't know if it's scheduled near. Interesting Archer, double bill, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ma- <laughs> Matthew Reese has actually guest guest starred in the latest season of Archer. <laughs> as oh, has he? I've not seen seconds. the very very latest one. No, yeah, he's he get, he's but, yeah. he's in a season six episode, and okay. I won't spoil it for you, but uh, okay. Yeah, I think there's a lot of. I think there's one or two sly in jokes in mm. Archer to the Americans at times as well, but um, yeah, I think the Americans. I think it's very underappreciated at the moment. It's one of the strongest shows. It's morally messed up at times. Um, I, I say one one of the main threads. I think I said before in season three. Um, I won't go into details because to ruin the surprise, but um, it's it's drawing the line. <laughs> It's like it's you're pretty much one of the main characters who's or one of the protagonists is asked to start doing something which is so morally wrong that it it's, it just messes with your head. Okay. So I, I can't recommend it enough. Cool. And did you say you had another show that you were gonna pick or? Yeah, it's um, a comedy show on HBO called Silicon Valley. Okay. I've been yeah. meaning to watch that. Oh, I've, I've picked it up like occasionally. I've watched the odd episode, but what 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 are your thoughts on it then? Um, it's it's from Mike Judge, who hmm. um, Office Space and Beavis and Butthead. Beavis um, and Butthead, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and King of the Hill. Um, it has a lot of. I remember. I think I watched Office Space for the first time a couple of years ago, and um, and I, I, I'm a IT support technician by trade. Um, <laughs> So I'm not exactly a programmer, but um, it's it's it follows like these programmers in San Francisco Valley trying to set up their own in like startup company, and it's uh, and it's like a very kooky, quirky, um, yeah, yeah, quite grounded comedy drama about them trying to get funding and coming up, and coming up against these um, opposing companies who have the same idea. Um, there's a there's a brilliant brilliant spoof of Google called um, Hooli, um, <laughs> and one and the, the CEO of that's one of the main char- main character who's just absolutely balmy, who um, and there's like there's joke there's like quite a lot of tech, quite a lot of techie jokes as well, um, like a, a massive catastrophe. And the, the main character this like this CEO is going, is this like a Google is like Google Glass bad? Um, iPhone five bad. Don't tell me it's my, don't tell me it's Zoom bad. <laughs> 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 and then someone just nods and goes, "Oh Christ!" And yeah. it's, it's full of stuff like that. And it's the season one finale has got the most contrived, detailed dick joke ever made to the point where <laughs> there's, there's there's been like um, un, university like university students in like these computing schools actually write a thesis based on this dick joke, this massive <laughs> dick joke that appears in the fin- first season finale. Um, but yeah, it's 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 very well written. Um, T.J. Miller's in it. Um, he's one of the supporting characters. There's a guy called Erlich Bachman, Bachman who doesn't really do much apart from host uh, or just act as the guy who owns the house the offices are in, who suddenly makes himself ten percent out co-owner and CEO, like CFO or something. And he's in a world he doesn't understand, but he he has all the business smarts. 
Mm. And Martin Starr, who was in Freaks and Geeks and Party Down and pretty much any cre- any creepy, geeky guy um, you see in films and TVs is probably played by him. I think he was in Knocked Up as well. Um, he's, he plays Guilfoyle, who's this awful, awful, awful person who's just absolutely entertaining to watch, who has a double act with um, a character called Dinesh. I can't remember the actor's name, but... The two, but these two characters are absolutely awful, but awful people who are just, and they're hilarious to watch. Um, they're the kind of awful that Will Forte's character in Last Man on Earth would like to be, like to be, <laughs> just couldn't pull it off. Okay. Right. And Entertainingly awful is always good. Yes, yeah, definitely, okay. definitely. I mean, there's like, yeah, like one of the episodes, they see this like, this like, this one guy is, um, he's trying to do this, stunt involving like a cannon i can't remember it's on my head but involving a cannon mm-hmm. and does these calculations but then he's got a very hot wife that these two characters would really like to sleep with and they realize that his calculations could end up killing him <laughs> this stunt guy could actually get, be killed with the calculations he's got and they pretty much try and spend the whole episode trying to figure out whether they should tell him to be good people or let him die and try and sleep with his wife after he dies <laughs> Yeah, I mean, with with Silicon Valley, I've I I watched the first episode and I thought it was okay, but I wasn't massively keen on it. And I've gone, I've dipped in and out of it over the season. I think it's one of those shows you don't have to watch every episode, do you? You can just watch the odd bit and still pick up what's going on. Yeah, it, I mean, it's 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 very it's quite serialized, but it, yeah, it's not that in depth. It's not like um, it's not like perhaps other shit it's not like arrested development where you, if you miss one exactly. episode, you know, you're gonna miss you're gonna miss half the gags in like three years mm. time but um it's it, it's very easy to watch it's not i mean there's a bit i mean there's a bit of bad language but it's not because it, it's hbo of course it's mm-hmm. a bit of a naughty language in it but it's it's not inoffensive it's just it's probably the closest you'll ever get to light entertainment on hbo yeah and it, 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 if HBO tried to do a a light-hearted, upbeat, well, not exactly upbeat show, then Silicon Valley's the closest you'll get. Yeah, that seems that seems fair enough. Mm-hmm. So, James, what have you chosen for, well, for this category? We've danced around this a little bit, and I'm sticking with HBO. Uh, I'm going to say Veep. Um, Okay. So, yeah, that's why I didn't say too much about Veep earlier. Didn't want, to, <laughs> didn't want to shoot my load early doors. Um, Veep, for those of you who don't know, is the story of Selena Meyer. Uh, it's now it's uh, it's just released its fourth season. Interestingly enough, if you're a Sky customer or you are now TV customer with the entertainment package, so you get Sky Atlantic. And this is quite interesting how TV is changing. Uh, they're showing it weekly on Sky Atlantic, mm-hmm. but you can also watch the entire fourth season right now. Um, on demand as well so that's how i watched it i binged on it in three days the latest season um 10 episodes i believe it is um yeah it's uh selena meyer played by julia julia louis dreyfus who is right at the start of the whole thing um she's the vice she's the veep the vice president which is the the person with the least power in american politics basically that's the joke um it, it it pretty much transplants the entire crew of the thick of it to make mm-hmm. an HBO American political comedy series. Um, I was just having a quick look at the, the people who directed it. Out of all the episodes, only two episodes were directed by an American. 
Um, so uh, Armando Iannucci's directed nine of the episodes. Chris Addison's directed nine episodes. Um, Chris Morris has directed four episodes as well. Then you've got people like Tim mm. Kirkby, Tristram Shapiro and Becky Martin from uh, you know places like Peep Show and Green Wing and The Thick of It as well. And the writing credits, again, Armando Iannucci, Simon Blackwell, Tony Roche, si- uh, Sean Gray, Will Smith, who was in The Thick of It as well, Ian Martin, David Quantic, the, Jesse Armstrong, these really British writers as well uh have gone and it's really interesting to see the entire british sensibility going over making an american comedy and it is this wonderful culture clash because i'm a huge fan of the thick of it and in the loop as well uh and obviously this is more like in the loop because it's in america uh and you've got anna chlumsky um playing Amy Bruckheimer, who is Selena Meyer's chief of staff, and she was in, in the loop as well. But the one difference you've got, I think, with this, and it's I don't want to compare the thick of it and Veep. They both have their they both have slightly different strengths. There isn't a Malcolm Tucker in Veep, for example. Um but Veep's strength is it hasn't got a Malcolm Tucker. Now and again, when I was watching the thick of it, there were moments where if Malcolm Tucker wasn't on screen, you were just waiting for him to turn up. Uh, particularly in that latter series particularly in the last series exactly and there was just like you know when he was on screen it was utterly magic and the rest of the time it was just very good uh at moments whereas you've got kind of seven malcolm tuckers in in this not to the same extent but you've got a really really this cast it it bats deep there's a huge amount of talent here and everyone gets a good amount of screen time so it's not just Julia Dreyfus as Selena Meyer who is one of the most potty mouthed women you will find on television which is fantastic to see anyway um you've got Tony Hale um who plays her bagman so Tony Hale is Buster <laughs> from Arrested Development and he's her bagman and he is this quiet imagine a 35 year old man carrying around a bag for a female vice president and like he's 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 a bit typecast, but he's so good with it. And he goes further uh, with it. And then you've got some brilliant um, comedic actors. Uh, like Timothy Simon's playing Jonah Ryan, who is the butt of most of the jokes. He works at the West Wing and he thinks he's a big shot and everyone hates him. Um, and uh, you've got Gary Cole as well. And I'm sorry if your TV show's got Gary Cole and it's doing something right. Cause... That's all, that sold it for me because I... I love Gary Cole. Yeah, he's not in season one, but he's in season two, three, and four. Um, and he he's 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 actually dials it in a little bit. Um, but it, it's Gary Cole, and he's amazing. You've got some really the most recent season has got two great um, guest stars. It's got Patton Oswalt um, as someone else's chief of staff, and it's got Hugh Laurie. And I'm not going to say in what particular way it's got Hugh Laurie, but it's got Hugh Laurie, and he's utterly brilliant in it as well. Um, it's funny. It's kind of sick at times as well. Some some of the lines, I don't think you'd get in the thick of it. There are some lines where you kind of listen to it. And go, no, no. Yeah, it's awkward, but it's just violently funny, and it it just has the same uh, feel as the thick of it. So you've got that uh, the same kind of setup, the same political nonsense that goes on. Um, the end credits are always, you know, the end credits kind of slowly roll as things are still spiraling out of control. It feels really like the thick of it, but done big and done American. And it's another show which has just continued. And we've mentioned this a few times earlier about season uh, shows that were really good for one or two seasons and then kind of, or in the case of last month, one or two episodes kind of, you know, and then really tailing <laughs> off. This this is a show for me that kind of gets better with every season. Um, 
just absolutely fantastic. And for me, so if you like comedy and if you like seeing really good comedy actors doing their stuff, you've got to watch Veep. Excellent. Well, we've got an actual HBO trio. Wow. Because my best continuing show of 2015 um, is Last Week Tonight. I think that's a show that has just gotten better and better. The, with, the more that John Oliver's got comfortable in that role, the more he's developed it as his own, Yeah. the better the show has gotten. There's less of the stuff that creeped into the first series where they didn't really know how to break up having John Oliver talk for a mm. solid 30 yeah. minutes where they would put in little sketches that didn't really work very well or bring in like people in costumes and dance and stuff like that you know that sort of stuff is fine but that wasn't why i was watching last week tonight this series has been much better i think it's got the balance right plus it's still got that edge to it which would have been very difficult to maintain for a second series when you when you're new and nobody knows what you, you probably get away with quite a lot when you're kind of established I think you you might get they might get told to rein it in. But I was reading through the Wikipedia page for last week tonight, and one of the things they were told, which unlike stuff like The Daily Show, which is where John Oliver kind of made his name mm. in America, in last week tonight they can have whatever guests they want, so they're not restricted to whoever's got a book. Right, I see. Yeah, who's promoting a movie or you know stuff like that. That so when you see the guests that they bring in and they're people like ex-soldiers who have been the victim of this horrendous American bureaucratic nonsense. And they've got they, genuine people. They're picking these people that they want to bring on their show when they interview, um, you know, people who've been a victim of various, uh, you know, problems because of, of the, the American government. All the things that they pick out, are, it, it's what they want to do. And yeah. I like that about it, and I think it makes it stand out from its its competitors. What they plan to do, apparently, is maybe extend the show from half an hour long to an hour. Okay. And possibly have it on twice a week. Now, I'm not sure whether that would just be overextending themselves. Mm. But you can kind of understand the mentality behind that, because one of the things that was also on this Wikipedia page with John Oliver was that he said that by the time they re- the show is released on a Sunday... But they, re- you know, research everything all week. So by the time something comes out on a Monday, when they go to record and, and send out the show on a Sunday, it's already old news. So maybe if they do it twice a week, yeah, it kind of makes sense, actually, when you think about it. But um, I think in, the, in its current format, it works very well. I'm, I'm... I'm glad it's doing well as well because it did feel a little bit like the timing was just a bit off for because um, John Oliver seemed, you know, completely set to just take over John Stewart's the role. Show, yeah. But then John Stewart was just it just seemed it's, it's almost annoying timing, but in a great way he's getting to do his own thing. Um, exactly. And like you say, the differences between the two shows give give it something a bit different uh, and that's good because it i was a little bit worried it would just be i uh, worried the daily show but hosted by john oliver it's still going to be amazing yeah john oliver on a sunday yeah doing it's still going to be brilliant but it's it's definitely carved out its own identity and i think that's fun As, and with um, the daily show obviously changing hosts and with uh, the colbert report finishing because he's mm-hmm. taking over letterman there's a real 
kind of place to stake a claim there, I think. Exactly. Uh, and he's and John Oliver really is just brilliant. He is. Have you heard the... Um, do you listen to Daily Bugle? Uh, uh, to I've listened Bugle. to a few, yeah. Bugle, yeah. Him and Andy Zoltzman. Again, and what I love is he's still doing that. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's still doing... Well, in a very reduced... In a reduced way. But, you know, even when he was hosting The Daily Show, he was still doing... You know, he's still getting on, you know just a, a transatlantic phone call with Andy Zaltzman <laughs> and doing this little podcast. You know, he's he's a good guy. Uh, I do like John Oliver. And he was in Community as well. So again, was he? huge amounts of love. Yeah, they bought... <laughs> I haven't seen the most recent series, season of Community because Yahoo didn't show it over here because it was meant to be on Sony TV. And blah, blah, blah. But um, they brought him back into Community, I believe, to like make up for a few other people leaving and stuff like that. But... Oh, wow. um, one, yeah, one of the things that, um, just to finish up what mm. I was going to say, there's a little thing that I read ages ago, and it always made me appreciate um, last week tonight, just that little bit more, was that they, he talked, John Oliver talked about how he's always accused of being a journalist. And he used to sort of say, <laughs> I'm not, this is a comedy show, it's a satire. Yeah. Um, but he constantly gets accused as he put it, of being a journalist, which I think is brilliant because the yeah. work they do is actually very important and it yeah. does yeah. have and results. It changes it, things. Yeah, and it's uh, similar to The Daily Show as well, isn't it? Um, yeah, and it's a sad state of affairs when your comedians are doing your journalistic work for you, uh, is exactly. all I'd say. You exactly. know, the world of journalism should hold a mirror up to itself and realise that if you're leaving these guys to do the work, well, you know, what the hell's Precisely. wrong with the place? Yeah, yeah. I remember... I remember listening, watching a interview with um, Paul Merton and Ian Hislop about "Have I Got News for You," and one of the points that I think I think it was Ian Hislop says that a majority of the audience will probably get their weekly news from a comedy satire mm. show such as "Have I Got News for You," and I think and f- from the the YouTube videos that are probably put up on Facebook on a Monday morning of the few clips of mm-hmm. John Oliver that I've seen because I've, I've not watched the show properly um my, my impression of it is that it's it, it's that it's a way of another way of perhaps delivering news to people who perhaps wouldn't actually watch it yeah yeah or in a way um well his his whole thing that he did for the daily show on gun control was mm. huge you know that's part of what shot him straight yeah. to stardom yeah and made people in the uk realize just how big he's yeah. he's getting over in america because that went that was it, i might be wrong but i think it was one of the most watched youtube clips yeah. from the the whole of the daily shows stuff yeah and it's a brilliant piece it's in three parts isn't it and he goes to yeah. australia it's just a fantastic Fantastic. It's a it's a proper journalistic piece, but it but feels really yeah, it feels like a journalist. Time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so just finally as well for this bit, uh, Steve did email in. Okay, some, yeah. Some suggestions, some of his his picks. He has also gone for a HBO TV show. Oh. How weird is that? All four oh, of us. Do you know what we were talking about? How yeah? You know, oh, look at the streaming services coming on, and look, yeah. but it's a traditional, a traditional in a way. Yeah, you know, a, a bit of an old school network that's still holding sway in terms of quality at the moment, isn't it? It's not exactly. a major network though, is it? It's still a paid subscription. Still a paid subscription, yeah. but I th- they're, yeah, they're but still. But it's not a, on Netflix. A, it's not on Amazon. They're, they're, it's they're still a, a cable TV yeah. uh, mm-hmm. network rather than a, a streaming service. Yeah, but his pick was his... to catch up. But yeah. yeah, Steve's pick was Game of Thrones. He says, despite its flaws, and there are many, 
as James said. Which we said. (laughs) It is still the most entertaining show on TV at the moment. The same can be said for The Walking Dead. Really looking forward to Fear the Walking Dead. Which is interesting. A spin-off of a a show as well. Something we don't see turn out to be a huge success very often. But (laughs) Frasier. Uh, (laughs) Well, okay, fair enough. Always an exception. Yeah, always an exception, yeah. Um, I will just fling back at you though, Joey. Just to sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. It doesn't always work. No. <laughs> For every Fraser, there's a Joey. Yeah. Yeah. So that concludes part one of the Vale Critics podcast TV special. Tune in again later this week where part two will be released. The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, created by James Diamond, with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, remixed by James Yule of JamesYule.com. You can find us at FailedCritics.com, on Twitter at FailedCritics, and Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash FailedCritics. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.